It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. You're listening to the Sharks Audio Network. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, it's time for another off-season check-in here on the Sharks Audio Network. Earlier this summer, we spoke with Nico Sturm. It was after his run at the Worlds. He was into his off-season programming. We looked back at the season that was and ahead to the season that will be. Enjoy. All right, we are now joined on the Sharks Audio Network by Nico Sturm, who is enjoying his offseason. He was busy at the World Championship, so it took him a little bit longer to get into his true offseason. But Nico, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, certainly was happy to be able to stay on the ice a little while longer and, and have some successful moments at the tournament. Yeah, you had a great run, as did Team Germany. Um, tell me about, you know, what it's like playing for your country as opposed to playing for your club at the NHL level. Yeah, it's different. I hadn't played uh, for the men's team um, yet. Uh, last time I played for Germany was at the World Juniors um, almost 10 years ago in, in Montreal and Toronto. And we got relegated at that tournament, um, even though we had a fairly good team. So it was... It was cool for me to put on that sweater again and get some redemption and um, yeah, just the magnitude of of the tournament is it's a little different. Um, I think it's kind of the highlight of the year for um, hockey in Germany at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was it was different. Uh, the team has to come together um, as one, extremely fast. Um, you have a couple of weeks of preseason a pre-tournament action where you play um i think played a total of eight pre-tournament games so quite a bit and um guys are away from their families so um they gel the group gels together pretty fast and you could tell that that team spirit and the, the the way we came together in a way that allowed us to have success at that level um that it was a special group and um, I just told Shang uh, in the interview I that part that joy that I felt in that tournament, um, just the pure joy of playing hockey, um, the pre- with a different kind of pressure, um, was something that I'd missed for a long time. And obviously, last season in San Jose was tough for the most part in terms of the team success. And to have those moments again where that that elation that you feel after a big win, like mm-hmm. when we beat Switzerland in the quarters, or after that, uh, that you know, semifinal game against the Americans, where we come back from a two nothing deficit, and and then we tie the game in the last minute with the goalie pulled, and and you know you're out there in those moments, and 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 we score the overtime winner. Those big moments, those big games. That's that's why you play the game. You want to feel that joy with your teammates. Now, when I watch the clips, the reaction from the bench, from the coaches, it's. It's the best part about hockey, and ultimately, we're we're trying to get 
you know, our club in, in San Jose back to, to having one of those moments again, hopefully sooner than later. It's interesting you talk about getting the group to, to come together quickly because obviously you, you don't have much time to get ready right. for, you know, tournament international hockey. Is there anything that you can take away from that and try and apply next year or this upcoming season, I should say, in the, in the preseason? Because I do know that it didn't take you long to establish yourself as a voice and as part of the leadership group in San Jose, it was after the fifth game. You, after the five straight losses to open up the year, you were pretty brutally honest about things with the media um, on that East Coast road trip. And then the, the next day, you guys responded with a win, and I think you won two out of your next three in that little stretch there. Um, so do you try and take those lessons and think about how you can apply them in San Jose? Yeah, I think one of the things right away that comes to mind is that everybody knew their role right away on that team. I think, uh, you know, the coaches try a couple of things in the pre-tournament phase, but then the lines were pretty set. Everybody from the first line to the fourth line, from the starting goal to the backup goalie knew exactly what was being asked, what was being required of them. For me, it was, it was easy last year in San Jose. I wanted to grab that three center spot and I did. And I had the same situation again this year at the, at the tournament where I, 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 you know, came in and I was uh, I knew exactly what my role was in the second line. I got to play on the power play, got to play on the penalty kill. So definitely a little different role than I have in San Jose, more, more production, more responsibility. But I knew that that was being required of me. And um, it makes it makes it easier to play when you know that the guy next to you knows exactly what he's doing. And I think that's, that's something that just doesn't happen. Um, doesn't happen overnight on a, an NHL team. Um, but it's certainly something that we need to find a way to get to towards uh, here next season. Yeah. And I know that last year it was a tough season for lack of a better expression. I, I do think that one of the things that gives me, hope and i'm not just trying to be a homer and view things through you know teal tinted glasses but it was like the team always worked very hard right. i think that was the frustrating part it wasn't like you guys were putting out bad efforts but you were not getting rewarded for the good efforts there were you know just astounding amount of overtime losses exactly. and shootout losses and it just seems like you guys couldn't catch a break do you think that this year there will be more of a regression to the mean and you'll catch some of those breaks or are you like now nah, we got to make those breaks break our way right i don't really believe in um bad fortune in that sense over an 82 game season it's there should be you know the the, the story that the standing standings tell the story at the end of the year um i think regression to the mean happens throughout an 82 game season. And if you're unable to hold leads in the last minute or two, uh, lose overtime games um, that many times, then I find it hard to believe that it's bad luck or um, blame it on somebody else. I think uh, mm -hmm. it was, it was our team at the end of the day that had the responsibility for those losses. And um that being said, like like you just mentioned, that kind of gives you hope as well because there were so many games that we had the chance to come away at least with some points. And you look at the standings, and if you're sitting there with maybe 15, 20 more points 
not that unrealistic, I think, for how we played for the most part last season, at least up to the trade deadline, then you maybe look at the season and it, you wouldn't say it's uh, it was quite as bad as the standings eventually said the season was and you're much closer to a, a bubble spot again. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we need to find a way to get those points next season. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing is up to the trade deadline. If you looked at the goal differential, you guys were right there with a team that was in the hunt for a wild card, but that's not where you were in the standings. That was right. that was the disconnect, which made it that much more difficult. And I, you know, we would talk to you guys after the games, and I, I could tell you guys were angry, but I always thought that the team did a very good job of putting the loss behind, moving on to the next day. You guys were at the, you know, at the facility the next day, morning skate or practice in a good mood and always excited for the next game. And for a lot of teams, it doesn't always go that way. When losses pile up, you know, things start to fracture, but I don't felt that I feel that ever happened with you guys. No, one thing I have to give the group from last year, a lot of credit is uh, the work environment and how much fun it was to come to the rink every day, even when things ultimately sucked pretty bad for us. And, and I give the coaching staff and Quinny a lot of credit as well. He, he, you know, he came in with a really positive attitude, um, even when he uh, probably had every reason to um, maybe skate us into the ground at practice. He he tried to be as uplifting as he possibly could, and um, the road trips, uh, you know, the the lunches that you have after practice, and just the work environment on the ice was always extremely positive. I don't think there was ever a moment where. Um, you know, I didn't want to come to the rink just because the standings um, made it look like um, it might be a very, very bad team or a very bad atmosphere. Um, I think some teams, maybe that atmosphere would have, would have turned uh, towards the worst uh, um, work environment throughout the year. But uh, our team did a great job. The leaders did a great job, at least for everybody to want to change the situation to want to come to the rink and put their best foot forward and put the team in a better spot so that's something that uh, can't change that's something that we definitely need moving forward and it's something that you it's obviously easier even easier when you're um, in a winning environment but mm-hmm. it's a very good sign that we had that uh, even during a losing season I think how do you turn it into a winning environment though I mean that's the the big question right now. I mean, how, how do you turn it from being so close to so many wins last year that ultimately didn't go your way to turning it into a team where you guys thought you were that should have been in the hunt for, you know, a wild card spot at least. Right. Ultimately, ultimately it's the personnel, the, 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 the players on the team, the coaching staff, the management that create the culture uh, within our, an organization. So um, one thing we can do is, uh, I, look, I don't know how the group is going to look next year. You know just as much as I do, mm-hmm. um, is that everybody maybe finds a way to get a couple of percent better. And if we do find a way to find those, you know, 15, 16, 17 extra points throughout the season, even with the same personnel, even if nothing changes, that's something that we need to do. Um, and then, um, yeah, if, if you want to take those strides, uh, towards a playoff spot, um, you know, I'm sure Greerzy and management are going to identify the players that they think are going to help us get there. Um, and hopefully it's uh, it's uh, sooner rather than later. When 
people talked about the vision that Mike Greer had for the team and the type of player profile he was looking at, people always pointed to you. They talked about your grit, your compete level, the way that you worked hard out there. Does that, does that make you feel good? Or are you, are you kind of of the mind of like, well, come back to me when we're winning more games. Cause I, listen, it's always good to have somebody give you a compliment, but you know, I, I saw you after those losses. You didn't look like you were too happy to hear someone say, Hey, you played well. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough sometimes if when you leave the game and you're maybe there were some of those nights where I actually was pretty happy with my own performance, but um, then you leave the ice and you think, Hey, I kind of play, I played really good today. I'm happy with myself. But then you remember, man, we just lost four in a row again. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, then it's hard to leave the rink and, it's much harder to enjoy your own performance when, when, uh, when the team success just isn't there. Um, best comparison again is, is this tournament, you know, mm-hmm. um, when the team success and your personal success are intertwined and they come at the same time, it's, there's so much joy with connected to your game. You, you don't overthink your mistakes. You still make mistakes out on the ice, but you don't overthink them. Uh, um, you just play the game um and i was just that's why i said it was the most fun i've had playing hockey in a long time because it was in a winning environment and at the same time i played uh, some of my best hockey i thought that i played all season so um that's kind of obviously again much harder to do over the course of an 82 game season but um we need to find those stretches where people feel that way where we maybe maybe we're able to, to win four or five in a row. And maybe we do that two three or four times throughout the year. Um, doesn't mean we have to go on 12 game heaters and, and um, you know, say, Oh, we're definitely going to make playoffs for sure. I think we got to stay realistic, but I want us to be able to, to uh, say that we're pushing actively pushing towards a player spot. We're in the hunt for a player spot and that our season isn't overcome early December, like it was last year. Um, and then you go on and next four and a half months, all you do is kind of try to stay positive as much as you can. But in the back of your mind, you know that the, the season is, is over according to the standings. So, um, you know, again, I want to play in those big games. I want to play in those big moments. And um, I, I'm sure so does everybody else that's on the team. Um, and hopefully we're, we're able to take that next step next year. So, like I said, you had a little bit of a, delayed entrance to your true off season um how is now the life away from the ice how's it been treating you how does the body feel um are you already looking ahead to next season are you still kind of in that decompression mode uh, how's everything been going i was great after the tournament was done uh, pretty much uh, the next day i i went on a little vacation to uh the dominican republic with uh, my girlfriend and my two best buddies and we uh, decompressed there, did some light workouts in the morning, and then just hit the beach. Nice. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to wrap up my first full week of uh, of summer workouts. Um, went at it pretty hard this week. I like to to get after it right away. Um, so a little, little muscle soreness this week. Um, but um, it's good to get back in a group of things. Obviously, I had the benefit of staying on the ice pretty much until the end of May. Um, that's nice. That allows me now to stay off the ice for a little while longer and focus on my uh, off ice training and getting some of that strength and explosiveness back that you maybe lose throughout the year. And then um, plan is to 
um, do my uh, do my off ice work, my my lifting, my explosive stuff, my my shooting, my stick handling, and then hop back on the ice at the uh, at the end of July and um, swap out some of that off ice conditioning for some of the on ice conditioning, yeah. um, and then get after it on the ice a lot longer. I'll probably stay here in Germany until first week of August and then head back to to the states and wrap up my summer there with my skating coach and kind of always do a like a three-week boot camp there right before I head to San Jose that's that's worked pretty well the last couple of years um so yeah right now it's a lot of off-ice work mm -hmm. um bulking up getting faster um and then in a couple of weeks head back on the ice um that's uh pretty something that's always starts to itch after a couple of weeks without the ice you want to get back after it right away but you mm -hmm. need to realize that Right now, the biggest gains that you can make is are off the ice and not on the ice, because you were you played you were on the ice for so long. Obviously, last year I played very long too, and I had that um, you know that surgery as well. So um, it's good to give my groins and my hips a little bit, a little bit of time away from that skating motion right now, um, and strengthen strengthen my core and my legs. Um, something that I wasn't able to do as much last summer. Um, because I didn't have a lot of time, yeah. so that's something I try to get back at uh, this summer, and then in a couple of weeks uh, head back on the ice. It's funny that you bring up the the getting back the strength. And I was just talking to Matt Benning last week, and he was saying how now that he's you know back at it pretty hardcore with his off season training. He said when he first got back to it, he said compared to the end of last off season to where he was now coming back. I think he said that he was using 30 pounds less in each hand for like chest presses on dumbbells. Like, like I don't, I don't think people recognize enough how much gets just worn yeah. down from you over the course of the season. I think, you know, obviously you guys always look fast, but clearly, I mean, your body takes a toll from start of training camp to whether it's April or May or into June. I mean, that, you, you know, I mean, I'm sure after, you know, the Stanley cup run with Colorado, I'm sure your body felt tired. Right, you're you're beat up, and the energy levels are one thing. I think that's something that I can recoup pretty fast. Even last year, this season during the All Star break, just three days in Mexico, and and I feel like a different human being right after when I come back. And my thing always is with that groin surgery that I had, my groins and my hips, um, even a couple of days without skating are. Uh, um are so they're so important for me and um yeah strength strength wise obviously you play an 82 game season you play three four games a week it's tough to spend um an hour and a half in the, in the weight room every right. day you don't you can't do that um you kind of need to condense things and focus on the most important things and right now you can you can do all that shoulder mobility your knees your hips all that stuff that you just time-wise neglect throughout the year because you, you have you don't have the time and not enough hours in the day to do all those things um and so yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing to how fast you get it back to and and just like weighted chin-ups or bench press how mm -hmm. how fast you can put on weight on that bar and how how far you've come uh, when you when you come to san jose in, in early september how much how the difference um and then obviously explosive stuff too is just sprints, changing direction. Um, we do all that stuff on the ice throughout the year, but um, very limited off the ice, just because you you don't you can't do everything. Right. Um, you, mo you mostly lift after games, 
Um, but I love working out. Um, I love, I've always loved fitness and, um, and, and, and I love that feeling after that, after the first week when you're sore and you can just kind of feel your body getting those gains back. Um, I love that stuff and always been a big office workout guy. So, um, like I said before, I think right now the biggest gains, um, that you can make are off the ice and not on the ice. And, um, in a couple of weeks, um, we'll, we'll feel that, uh, fresh sheet of ice again under my feet and, and looking forward to that as well. Nice. As a last one for you, what are your goals for this upcoming year? Yeah, obviously from a team perspective, I want to see us uh, being a playoff hunt for uh, the majority of the year and being right there. Uh, hopefully it works out, um, but definitely season can't be over in December again, like it was last year. I think we're all, um, we're all fed up with, uh, with how things went at the end and, and you're just coming to the rink and try to stay positive. Um, I want something to play for. Like I said, I want to play in those big games again. And, and, mm-hmm. and uh, when I watch those clips from the tournament that we just had, the, the, the joy of the team in those score, a big overtime goal, the bench reaction and celebrating wins and hearing your win song in the locker room after celebrating with the guys, I want to have that feeling. Yeah. Um, of, of the group having that joy and and the reason why we play the game is to celebrate goals and wins and and I want to get back to that more often than just a handful of times uh, that's the biggest thing is um, just be take a step in the next direction be a more successful version of what we were last year get those 20 extra points in the bank and and um, I want to see the group have fun playing the game that's that's the biggest thing and push towards a playoff spot nice well Nico man I appreciate your time here today. I look forward to seeing you back in the Bay Area, man. Enjoy the rest of your offseason, and we'll chat soon, all right? Well, thanks for having me. Again, that was Nico Sturm joining us on the Sharks Audio Network. Be sure to join us for upcoming offseason check-ins with William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo, plus much, much more. You can also check out our previous offseason check-ins with Matt Benning, Capo Kakinen, Mario Ferraro, and Luke Cunnan. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend. 